Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan McCarthy. And before we get into today's episode, if you could please share this podcast around, if you could leave the podcast a rating, it would mean so much to me and it will help this podcast grow, get in the charts, reach more people, to be able to get this resource and information out there into the world and just reach a bigger audience. So if you could do that for me, that would mean so much and is much appreciated. Today we are joined by Joe Spear. Joe is the founder of Life and Breath, breathwork facilitation and events. Joe is a life and business growth mentor and breathwork coach that helps people master their mind, regulate their emotions, their body, and live their sole purpose in life. On this episode, we talked so much on mindset, emotional regulation, breath work, meditation, mindfulness, shamanic healing, Joe's story, what business and events she runs. There is so much within this episode, and I can't wait for you all to enjoy and listen to it. So let's welcome Joe. Welcome, Joe Spear. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. How are you? No, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for jumping on. I'm very um, interested in the work that you do and the value that you bring into the world, especially being in the space of service of other people, because I've read this quote from Gandhi, and I think it was yesterday, and he said, you find yourself when you lose yourself in service of other people. And I found that a really powerful quote because that connected to me a lot when I first started in this type of work. Does that relate to you at all? Yeah, yeah, it's funny because I am um, even as a young child, I found that I was always very nurturing and caring and wanting to help everybody. I think mm. being the eldest of four kids as well, I fell into that kind of mothering type role anyway, and wanting just to, you know, um, help and play my part and taking on a lot of responsibility, I guess. So even before I really knew what my purpose was in life, I felt that I fell into that role of wanting to just help and serve other people. So it's great that you get to this point of realizing like, oh, that's actually what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> Do you feel like any expectations came with that? And did you have to find a way to shift the expectations of, especially being the oldest, but mm. also having that caring for other people as well? Is there any expectations attached to that? Totally. And I think because of the way that I was brought up, like my mum was very young when she had me and she was quite anxious and suffered with depression for pretty much most of her life. And coming in as a young child as well, um, you know, with someone who didn't really understand how to regulate their own emotions, it may, meant that I was quite often trying to support my mum and playing a mother role with her as well, which led me to being very codependent in my relationships and, and friendships and things moving forward. So I had to be very careful in healing those wounds, I guess, um, before stepping into like a coaching role and a mentoring role in helping other people to ensure that I wasn't coming from it, from a place of like wanting my own needs validated or met through actually helping others and making sure that it was coming from a place of fully servicing the other person and what they needed not to fulfill my own needs, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. How did you know when you were ready to step into the coaching world, when you knew that these old shifts have now come into who you are now? When was that period? I, I, to be honest, I think that there's always levels and layers to healing these things. I don't think you yeah. ever get to a point where you're like, I'm, com I'm completely healed and you know I'm not going to have these little things pop their head up from time to time. Um, but I think that I'm very determined and I've always been, um, you know, very driven. And once I found my purpose, I guess you could say, and really realized that this was the avenue that I wanted to go down in, in 
in serving other people and helping other people, I made it my priority to do the work on me. And I let go of the need of me wanting to fix or save anybody else. And I realized that the only way I could actually serve others and help others was by doing the work on me, um, excuse me, and actually being that inspiration for others to potentially then want to do it for themselves because we really can't do the work for anybody, right? Yeah, that's it. Like one of the most selfless things we can do is be selfish in terms of looking after ourselves to help ourselves grow and reach these next stages of life. Because if we start becoming the best version of ourselves, the people around us are only going to benefit from that too. Yeah, it's totally true. It was a really big realization for me in that I'm actually helping my family or other people close to me more by doing that work on myself and actually just yeah, being that inspiration or letting them see or like leading the way and not trying to actually be like, look, this is what I'm doing. You need to do it too. But just being in my own lane and really focusing all that energy, time and money on me. And then it's funny how naturally certain people that I thought would never come around to the idea of, you know, doing the work have just naturally been like, wow, everything that you've been doing has been helping me or, you know, just by the way you've been showing up, I now realize there's things that I need to work on. And for me, that's just like, yes, you know, I'm actually um, realizing that what I thought to be true is true. And that, you know, it just gives me that motivation to keep going forward. Mm, that's so true because we see things externally and that gives us a reflection of what we need to work on internally. And I heard you touch on that. And I believe on one of your posts or maybe another podcast, how you said the external is a reflection of our internal. So if we see other people going through shifts and changes in life, that can reflect back into us and be like, cool, maybe there's parts of me I can start growing too. Yeah, I do believe that every person and situation in life is a mirror for us and that triggers particularly can be one of our biggest healing opportunities because no one can create an emotion or a feeling in you it's about that radical responsibility of going oh what you said then made me feel a certain way what does that say about me what is it inside of me that needs to be looked at and healed right now you know there's a big part of shadow work that comes into play and the importance of understanding that majority of these things are playing out for us unconsciously so we can't think our way out of a problem we only have access to five to ten percent of that consciously so the other 90 to 95 percent needs to be kind of brought to the surface usually by somebody else who, who can be trained to help ask you the right questions or with the right processes to help shine a light on what's going on um so just knowing that you know, it's okay to ask for help as well, which was a really big thing for me in mm. terms of like, I don't have all the answers figured out and I actually need somebody to help guide me here. How did you know where to go in terms of getting guidance and support? Because I know some people when they first start the journey of growth or maybe getting help, they can get lost on where to go and what to do. How did you identify the path? Yeah, look, it was really hard for me because I didn't think I necessarily had a problem. Like I was very successful. I always worked full time for government and local government and things like that. Um, but I just had this belief that you work hard for your money and then it's completely normal for you to go and drink and party and let off steam or stress on the weekends, right? With your friends. That was just the belief that was handed to me. And um, so I didn't think I had a drinking problem or anything because I was successful and I was, you know, you know, doing a good job in life and, you know, ahead of some other people in a sense. And I didn't drink every day and, you know, all of those things. So, um, yeah, it took me 
you know, a, quite a big situation happening in my life for me to go, oh, hang on a minute, something's not right here. I want to start questioning my own relationship to alcohol and why I'm using it in the way that I am. And giving it up for a period of time was when all this stuff just started to come to the surface. Like one of my main vices when I removed that, I all of a sudden all the things I'd been numbing and suppressing started to show their head. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I feel so lost. I feel so alone. This is really painful. What do I do? Who do I turn to? I had no understanding or awareness of how to regulate myself and how to process things. And it was just very lucky for me that I trusted my intuition and that deep within there was something in me saying like, you need help or you need to try this or you need to do that. And for me, it was discovering breath work, just coincidentally walking past the beach and seeing the circle of people doing something weird. And I was like, I love meditation and I love yoga and all those types of things. What are they doing down there? And anyway, I just trusted the call. Like there was a nudge inside of me that's like, you need to go and try this or do this thing, step outside the comfort zone. And then from there, I just kept following the breadcrumbs and and it led me to this path of, you know, deep healing. Mm, that's so powerful because especially when it comes to breath work, before I started breath work, I had no idea what it was. I thought it was a bit out of my box to, to even try. And I remember the first time I went, I went by myself to this um, a Couple of the Conscious event in the Sunny Coast a couple of years ago. And my first ever session, I was like, holy crap, what is this? <laughs> I was like, I need more. And I started going every week. Then I started going to retreats. So I started practicing by myself. And within like the last three years, I've seen so many shifts change just by following my intuition and stepping into places that are uncomfortable, but I know growth is going to be there. And talking about intuition as well, is it like, did you always have like intuitive feeling and you know, you always have to step into that intuition or is it something that you had to build over time? Yeah. So I was always very open-minded to things, even as a young child, like everyone in my family or friends, my, my parents, friends and things used to say, you're such an old soldier, you know, and I never really knew what that meant at the time. But I, I do believe like I had this different level of awareness, like I saw things almost from a bird's eye perspective. And even as a child, not really understanding or knowing what that meant at the time. Now, looking back, I was like, I was really curious and really, um, I had this, like I could tell when people's, people were feeling a certain thing or I could tell by their um, expression or their tone of voice um, you know, if they were changing their mood or, you know, I was just kind of very aware of different patterns and I used to just see things in a different way. And my mum was quite open, you know, about spiritual concepts and things like that and crystals around. And again, I didn't really know what that all meant as a child, but I think it just allowed me to grow up with a really open mind to these things. Mm. And after a while, I think it was probably 15 odd years ago, I started to see 1111 everywhere. And it was to the point where I'm like, this is weird. What's going on? Um, I need to look into the meaning of this. And uh, once I did, I realized that it's like, you know, there's signs. The universe is telling you that you're awakening and that you're waking up to your true power and essence and all of these things. And something just felt so familiar about it to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this. And even reflecting on when I was a child, I felt that I had chosen my life in some way, even though a lot of things happened that I wouldn't wish on other people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I still feel like I somehow chose this for myself. Yeah. And it was reading this particular book about past lives and past life regression, which was written by um, a psychiatrist who put his whole career on the line to speak about, you know, woo-woo things or non-scientific things. Um, but it was his real life recollection of things that had happened with uh, a client of his who started to regress into past lives through hypnosis. And when I read this book, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I, I get it. I understand. I've This isn't just my first life here. I'm an old soul because I've lived other lives before and I've come here and I've chosen this life and just this innate knowing in a way. What's the name of that book? I want to check that out. Many Lives, Many Masters. Many Lives, Many Masters. Yeah. I'm going to go check out that book. That sounds very interesting and up my alley. <laughs> yeah, there's a few in the series. But yeah, that was that was a really pivotal moment, I think, for me when I read that. And I heard you say one thing as well about when a new version of you begins or a rebirth in the sense, an old part of you has to be let go of, an old part of you has to die in order for that rebirth. And I related to that a lot because once I had a um, like a ceramic sound bowl on healing one time and I went into this deep state and I pictured myself holding a rope on the edge of a mountain. So the new me was on the top of the mountain. The old me is hanging off the side of the mountain, like trying to get me to um, go down with it. The new me is trying to pull up the old me, thinking that I have to bring the old me with me. Mm. But in that deep state, I end up cutting the rope and watching the old me fall to the ground. And there's so much peace in that. And then after it, I end up in the hospital, end up really sick, end up purging. But then two days later, I just felt so light. I felt so vibrant and a massive change happened in my life. Do you have anything similar to yourself when you had like a rebirth or a growth in life and there's an old part of you, you had to let go? Yeah, the, the main, like this has happened a few times. I believe it is like a cycle, right? It's like the snake shedding its skin when it's ready to be renewed. It needs to let go of the old in order to be fresh and, you know, ready for the next chapter in a sense. So the main big one for me, like I feel like I've been through this many times throughout my life and a big big one was when I first left Adelaide to move to the Gold Coast solo, which was nine years ago now. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I'd done something just for myself and obviously letting go of the old version of me in Adelaide and like all my family and whatnot. It was like a new start, a fresh start. Um, but the biggest catalyst for me I guess was when I was speaking about when I first found breath work and letting go of the drinking culture that I'd been brought up around and letting go of those even those circle of friends and those people who I loved and had some great times with and I felt naturally like I needed to just separate myself and go very internal and go through this period of death in a sense because the old version of me wasn't working anymore she just wasn't in alignment with who I truly knew that I was and it didn't feel authentic and I just couldn't deny that feeling in me anymore of like there's something more out there for you stop holding yourself back go and try these new things and do these new things and become who you know you're meant to be but it was really hard and painful to let go of the old and to like I up to that point I think I was 33 I'd lived my whole life with this certain persona and this certain party girl almost um, persona. And to let that go felt really scary and really painful in a way because I didn't know who I was without that stuff. I didn't know if I had that confidence and that bubbly personality without alcohol. And I didn't know if there were like a lot of my friends who probably weren't really understanding what was going on for me. And, you know, they wanted to continue to choose to do those types of things, whereas I was moving away from it. So 
I could have easily gone, no, this is too much. I'm just going to go back to the familiar and go back to what's known. But I allowed myself a period of feeling the feelings and really mourning the fact that she's a great person and she got me to where I am today. And I thank her and I love her. But I also am okay to let her go now because that's going to create space for me to step into the new and allow more new things to come in so it can be painful and I feel like it's the paradox right this birth and death and um you know your ability to actually feel into the pain and the depths of your emotions is equally proportionate to your ability to feel the joy and the love that's also available in life so if you're not willing to go to the depths of that you're not going to be able to experience the highs of the other side yeah, well, only if we could only experience this once, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'm here again. I thought I would deal dealt with this stuff. New level, same devil, sometimes people say. <laughs> yeah. And for like people that are going through that similar experience in their life, do you have any advice for those people that are ch- um, creating that shift? Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, like I said, there was just this strong desire within me that knew I needed a change, but it would have been really easy for me to just fall back into old patterns because it felt familiar and we're habitual right so it just feels easy to loop through those patterns even when they are self-sabotaging so for me finding breathwork was the first step and it was the fact that I was willing to step outside my comfort zone and try something new which was the first step right We often stay in the comfort zone because it feels safe and we feel secure there, but you're not going to grow there. You actually need to move through the barrier of fear to the other side in order to grow and to learn. So anything that maybe scares you a little bit, but you feel the pull to do it, do it. Lean into those edges and move past them because the growth on the other side is where the magic happens. So for me, it wasn't just finding breath work, which was, it's a beautiful modality and it helped me to release some emotions and regulate my nervous system and also start to create that safety within myself, which then allowed me to find the confidence to do other work. But it was actually being around like-minded people in those communities that helped me so much because I realized that I wasn't alone on this journey. And that there are other people out there who aren't partying every weekend and are are actually more focused on becoming better versions of themselves and doing the work. So I was like, oh my God, Breathwork's amazing. And like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Like, There are people (laughs) like me out there. And that was probably one of the biggest pieces for me to continue to do the work. That's so true. I relate with that a lot. Like when I first found Cool To Be Conscious a couple of years ago, I went there and it's like a Sunday morning at like 7 a.m. and there's like 200 people on the beach breathing together. Yep. I was like, I didn't even know this stuff was accessible. These things were even going on in the world. But then going to that event that opened up a different event and meeting more people and then create yep. this massive web of connections all around like Southeast Queensland. It's really cool once you start stepping into those spaces where that journey can take you. Totally. My journey was the same. It was cool to be conscious who I found down on the Gold Coast and mm-hmm went kept going every week and you know started to make connections and then yeah went into the workshops and doing the deeper breathwork sessions was where I actually had one of the most profound experiences to that point I had never done longer breathwork sessions and you know I'm sure you're aware of the types of intuition and messages and um, altered states of consciousness that you can reach through those sessions so I actually felt this sensation that I left my body it was just a feeling and 
the only thing that I can compare it to that I've experienced in this life was when I was at my baby brother's birth. So I was 15 when he was born and being in the room when a new life enters it, there's just this feeling of unconditional love that is indescribable and there's nothing else I've ever experienced like it. But in that breath work, it was like the same type of feeling, this just unconditional love and sensation that came over me. And I had this message come to me of this is your path. This is your purpose. This is what you need to do. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I went straight up to Ruin Rai after the session. Like, I don't know what just happened, but you need to sign me up to your facilitator course because I just got told. <laughs> and so that was the start of it from there, which was really cool. So is that how you identified your purpose? Or was there a couple of pieces that came together to help you with that decision? That I had already been thinking about it. Like, you know, after... I realized that there was more to life than what I'd been doing. And I found breathwork and I found these communities. I was like, this feels like home to me. This feels like where I want to be. This is where I feel lit up, right? So I already, like they had just announced the facilitator training for formation was was really cool. Like it um, just helped me to make the decision and solidify that. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. And like for people that first get into breath work and such as well like it can be kind of a daunting thing you've never done it before because when people ask when i speak to people and i say i love doing breath work i do it daily they kind of get the misconception that i sit in my room and breath or breathe for about two hours but it's not like that for me i do like those long breaths every so often but i just practice things like four six nine breathing what is it for you like how do you implement breath throughout your day and how does it bring benefits to your life yeah, look, when I first found it, I was quite dysregulated, which meant I was in a fight or flight state a lot, but I never knew that. I didn't know about nervous system regulation or any of that prior to finding breathwork. And I actually used to just thrive off being in survival mode in a sense. Like I was always running off cortisol and coffee and like working in corporate office. I used to get things done and I was in a full masculine hustle type mode, which I thought was my superpower. Mm. Um, but then when I started to do these breathing techniques, I actually started to feel my body and actually connect with my body and realize that there was a lot of stuff going on that I never was aware of and connected to before. So when I first started to implement breathwork regularly, it was, um, yeah, the, you know, the, five minutes of conscious connected mouth breathing in the morning, you know, just the two rounds of breathing with breath holds or yeah. also the Wim Hof three rounds, just looking that up on YouTube, you know, three rounds. Yeah. So starting with the the three rounds of Wim Hof um, and, you know, just incorporating a few minutes of it every day was what really helped me in the morning. And then also I would notice myself once I started to get more connected with what was going on in my body and when I was feeling triggered and stressed myself back to a calm state. So, um, and then doing, yeah, doing the longer breathing sessions, you know, here and there as well. You don't have to do it all the time, but yeah. I think I've gotten myself to a point now where I don't need very much breath work to get myself to a really calm centered state but I also know if there's some big emotion there that I want to shift that I can lean on that resource and guide myself through a longer session to help move that stagnant energy as well yeah and that's the perfect thing about going on the journey of exploring different types and going to different events and just keep doing things because eventually you get to a point where you know what works for you in certain moments like you know how to de-stress yourself you know how to calm down your nervous system then you also know how to energize yourself you start to learn all these different type of tools that can implement into each activity you do throughout your day so it's a really cool way to explore your own self yeah yeah i love teaching about 
nervous system regulation and also yeah up and down regulating because for some people who are in that heightened state they really need to come back to the parasympathetic and the rest and digest and for others they may be more in the fawn response or you know feeling numb or unmotivated they need to up regulate and they need to energize their system so it's such a simple and effective tool i'm just one of those people who are you know always just saying you need breath work you need breath work so <laughs> yeah it's really changed my life that's cool i saw that you also do shamanic healing as well could you speak to us a bit more about what that is and what it can bring into your life yeah, sure. So I actually had my first shamanic healing done through a friend of mine, um, probably a year and a half or so ago now, which was a really beautiful experience. And I never really knew what it was about at the time. But there was a, a situation that happened to me um, on New Year's Eve. And through my meditations and things like that, I often would have different animals come to me. And mm. sometimes I'd have different messages or looking up the meaning of particular animals, um, I would find that it was relating to something that I was going through in my life. And it, in a sense, you know, they would have some kind of guidance or message for me through that. And it kept happening so much. I was getting all random animals, sometimes worms and things like that. But like for a worm, for example, for that, that represented to me that you need to go deep. There are layers underneath the surface that you need to burrow into yeah, to right. uncover, right? So everything has a little meaning to it. Um, but New Year's, New Year's Eve, I was actually sitting at home. I was just by myself. I'd gotten a nice dinner. I'd been out for a little bit, but I was sitting on the couch listening to music and just, you know, reflecting on the year that I had had. And there was a shadow on on the window, which had um, looked out onto the street, but it had, you know, the leaves I could see moving. Mm. And all of a sudden this light came on and the shadows started to move. And it was like they were shape-shifting into different animals. And then it shape-shifted into different faces. And I was sitting there like, what the heck? Like I hadn't had drank or anything like that, obviously. And I was just like, what's going on? And then it kept shifting and shifting and shifting. And then the light turned off behind it. And I heard this message of you're a shapeshifter. And I was like, what? Wow. What, is, what the heck does that mean? Like, I still didn't even know what that meant. But, you know, I started to get curious and research shapeshifting and a lot of things, even with the animals, kept guiding me back to shamanic. And after a beach breathwork session that I was facilitating one day, I had a whole heap of stuff I was taking from the beach back to the car and I dropped my phone in the sand and I heard this car and I look up and there's this big black raven in the tree above me. And it was like it was trying to get my attention. It was puffing up. It was like turning its head and I was like talking to it and I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy. But <laughs> Again, I looked into the meaning of a black raven and all this shamanic stuff kept coming to me and I was like, okay, I'm listening, right? This is my intuition or the guidance that, that is there. Um, and so I spoke to my friend who who I'd had the, the healing with and I said, who did you do your course through? And Anyways, it worked out that there was one in like two weeks time through this same lady. So I just went and did it. And to be honest, at the time I was going through a big death in myself, another period of shadow work and things. I was feeling very flat and very low. Um, and it really helped me like learning about the shamanic healing just helped me in my own healing and my own journey with what I was going through at the time. Um, but it was so strange that learning the different techniques 
was it was like I remembering it was just came to me so easily and I was like I, I like I've done this before in a yeah. way and so now it's really beautiful that I get to incorporate the shamanic healing into the different modalities that I also use like Reiki and breath work and I created my own type of healing modality in a sense of like incorporating all those things even NLP you know uncovering the unconscious and the mindset um, shifts that need to occur that I can then help clear the energy and with the shamanic healing I go on a journey like normally with a drum and I take I, I journey into the lower world it's called where there are a lot of animals and so I can actually retrieve a certain animal for a person where each animal has its own medicine and it has its own unique strengths and weaknesses that can help you with whatever you need assistance with. So you can then take the animal and meditate or look at the messages that it may bring for you to help you through something particularly that you need guidance or support within your life. So yeah, it's just another, another you know, thing you can use to help you in this, in this journey. That sounds epic. I'll have to come for a session sometime. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. And incorporating the breath work with it is is amazing because you as the receiver can actually get your own messages and intuition come through. So it's not just about, you know, me getting these messages for you. You actually get to connect with your own wisdom and intuition through the journey as well. And it's the some of the things that have been happening in these healings are crazy. Like it's unexplainable and it's powerful yeah. and it's really cool yeah. and i like really like how you implement so many different aspects into the want as well rather than just sticking to one it feels like correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like you get a session with someone and then you just go off the feeling of what would work best for that person and you implement all these tools and knowledge and value that you've acquired over the years and you just bring out whatever comes out in the session it sounds really interesting Mm, yeah I think for me it's just honoring like who I am as a person because I am very intellectual and I love science and statistics and strategy and business and all of those things but I'm also super woo-woo and intuitive and the more I've just leaned into that and um, claimed that the mm. more that these both parts of me intertwine so beautifully together and that whole healing session was just something that I was guided to creating it just came through as a download intuitively and um, yeah it's a beautiful flow of so many tools that I get to offer which is what creates my unique medicine to be able to help others and that's so um, that's so cool that you mentioned that because I recorded a podcast episode yesterday and we touched on a bit of that trying to find the balance of spiritual connection but also the being able to be in the go mode with business and running events and working with clients and whatnot. How do you find the balance in between the two? Because I know some people can rather go 100% into the spiritual world or they can go 100% just in the business and they lose connection of the other side. How do you find the balance between the two since you are in both of those worlds? Yeah, I think, like I said, it's just who I am. So I don't mm. really have to be anything or do anything. It's just me being authentic and I like to show up quite real and raw and honest and authentic in, you know, in my business, because I know that, you know, people who choose to work with me are going to be drawn to me and my energy and what I have mm. to offer. Um, so I, I just trust in that, you know, me being exactly who I am will guide the right people to me, which has worked so far. Um, and also I am very open-minded in the fact that some people aren't quite there yet in terms of their awareness level and being open to energy and spiritualism and things like that 
So if I am to be speaking to someone who maybe is more intellectual and, and um, science-minded, then I'm like, yay, great, I get to lean into this side of myself and really speak into that. But then if I meet people who are the super woo-woo spiritual, I'm like, yay, I get to lean into this side of myself and really go deep into those rabbit holes. So for me, it's, yeah, it's not really about being anybody. It's just about being me and, and expressing mm. both sides of me in an authentic way. That's so true because you can still be authentic self and there's different like parts of ourselves that step into different rooms yeah. and it's just tapping into that naturally as you go into those rooms. Yeah, yeah. I think we don't have to be in any one box. We get to be all of it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, yeah, that's really interesting. And what's some of the um, things that you've learned along the way of building a business as well and doing the work that you do and imbalance that with your life? Like what's some of the lessons you've learned? Yeah, well, I, I left my full-time job at the end of June last year. Hmm. Um, so I've been full-time in my business for nearly a year now, which is crazy to think. Um, and for me, I think the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that is knowing what your drivers are. For me, originally a big driver in creating this business was an away from driver so that I could get out of corporate. So hmm. I was doing everything I could to get the fuck out of there, right? <laughs> And also knowing that there was a really strong toward driver in sense of I get to live out my purpose and my passion of helping other people. But I did get to a point where I finally got out of corporate and was doing the job, uh, the, the business full time. And I lost a little bit of momentum or a little bit of direction because that strong away from driver wasn't pushing me anymore. So yeah. I had to really coach myself in a sense of going like, okay, if someone was coming to me saying they're feeling a little bit, you know, lost or uncertain or lacking clarity, what would I suggest to them to do? So I kind of went back to the drawing board and was like, what are my values? What is my mission? What is my purpose? What is my vision? Because I found that it changed and evolved as I did. And because I did so much work in such a short amount of time, like I was rapid fire, um, I changed and evolved so quickly that I got to this point of like, I don't actually know who I am or what I'm doing right now. And also realizing that I needed time for myself to integrate all of those lessons and that I needed to slow down. And in the past, like I said, I was in that full masculine hustle mode. And I realized that I hadn't been giving myself enough time to flow and to be in my feminine and to allow all these lessons to land and to integrate. So there's been so many ups and downs and lessons in business. And I find that whatever I'm going through personally can reflect in my business a lot as well. So they've been quite intertwined throughout my journey, which I was always taught that when you're a coach or a mentor, you know, people buy you, they're not looking for your services. And so I think my identity was very tied up in the business for a long time. And it still is in a sense, but I've been able to find a bit of a healthier boundaries there in terms of what I do share and what I don't share and mm. not just having my life as my business if that makes sense yeah that makes complete sense as well I know going from like the corporate world and then going into your own business endeavors it's a big scary thing especially for a lot of people that are trying to make that transition a lot of people can keep themselves stuck in the corporate world because they never make that leap and what do you think it was that helped you like you can have all the business plans and you know 12 month plans quarter plans and whatnot but was it more down to just trust and self that you had the capabilities to do this I think that definitely and like being that intuitive side 
saying to me, like, this is what you're meant to do. Like, you know, you can't deny the strong message that I received through the breath work. And it was actually working with business mentors that really helped me to not only help me see what I couldn't see in myself and find that real courage and determination, but to hold me accountable because in the past I wanted to do everything on my own and I didn't want to ask for help because that was a trauma response. And, you know, I worked through that and to be honest, doing the mindset work really helped me to remove or alleviate those fears um, and those doubts and those limiting beliefs and to actually back myself and to find that certainty um, in who I am, what I have to offer. And, you know, my corporate life helped me so much in creating the business and making it viable because of all of my past knowledge. So it wasn't that I was, you know, really leaving that all behind. I took it all with me because all those skills and tools and resources and knowledge helped me to be successful and actually create a business that I can live off. Um, so there are a lot of aspects to it, but I also think, yeah, just having really great business mentors to help hold me accountable and to show me what I needed to focus on, not what I wanted to focus on. Cause I think a lot of people, when they get into business, you want to focus on the fluff and like, yeah, I get to create and I get to, you know, you know, make things look pretty and create these programs and create all these things. But to be honest, the biggest piece for me was knowing that you need to speak to your audience in a certain way. You need to know who you're marketing to. You need to be able to draw them in and to be able to help them through the sales process, which is a lot of a lot of the time people miss that because they don't like sales and they're like, yeah. oh, yucky. But to be honest, if I didn't know how to be able to like learn how to sell, I wouldn't be able to help people through that process in order to then help me create a business as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was a missing link, I think. What helped you with the selling? What helped you get comfortable? Because like you said, for a lot of people, it's uncomfortable. Like for myself, I view it as I'm doing this to help this person and serve this person. Do you relate with that or do you have your own process? Yeah, so my mentor really helped me to see that when we have our own self-doubt or we don't feel worthy of receiving the money from somebody, we're actually doing the other person a disservice. We're actually being selfish by letting our own shit get in the way of the potential for them to change their life. Mm -hmm. And it's about knowing that what I have to offer is fucking powerful and it really can help someone change their life. And I've helped many people to do that. But if I'm letting them let their fears and limitations hold them back in that sales process, instead of helping them to dissolve those um bullshit excuses really that a lot of the time people come up with um those objections it's actually helping them through that knowing that so many times it's actually the decision for them to invest in themselves that they make on that call that is actually the biggest breakthrough for them because they may have not ever invested in themselves before trusted them you know to put their time and energy into somebody else before yeah so I found that yeah that was really empowering to know that it's not about me it's actually about what the person on the other end needs and also knowing that I'm not the kind of person who's going to sell to someone who's in scarcity and like can't put food on their table but it's about me being able to recognize when 
someone just has so much fear that's holding them back from making the decision. But really deep down, they know they want it and we both know they need it. And we Mm. both know that I'm the best person to help facilitate that change with them. And it's about just helping them break through the barrier of the fear that we all get, right? Yeah, definitely. I love how you touched on getting the mentor because I feel like that's so important because with myself, I um, once I got skinned the game and got a mentor and like actually invested into that, I started taking things a lot more seriously. And that was good yeah. because before that, I was just one for them, one for them, not getting results, but everything yeah. was okay. But I wasn't truly happy with what was going on. I was just telling myself these lies and feeding myself these lies. But once I got my skin in the game, everything just accelerated so quickly, like growth and mindset, emotional, physical, spiritual, like everything just started aligning to where I wanted to go. I'm like, that's because I put everything on the line and actually yeah. trusted in myself and went for it. And I yeah. wanted to um, touch on that deeper because I think it's so important to have a mentors in life. Totally. And I think there's the psychology behind it is that the more that you invest, the more scary that it feels, mm. the more it's going to motivate you generally to actually do the work. And like I always say to my clients, I'm not doing the work for you. I'm not helping you to get the change here. Like I'm going to guide you. I'm going to provide you great resources and tools and powerful processes, but it's up to you to actually lean in and do the work. And if they don't have skin in the game, they're not going to go all in for themselves. Mm. And I think knowing, like speaking from experience, when I knew that I was all in on making this dream a reality and making this business a reality, I got myself down to $100 in my bank account. I made myself the most uncomfortable that I ever had, but I trusted in myself so much and I knew the money was coming back but I even sold my camper van and I was like, you know what? I'm done with these bullshit excuses. I am letting go of fear and limitations and I'm going all in for myself. And that was actually really empowering. So I know the feeling that you can get from that, which is something I want my clients to also get in return. I love how you said the word empowering because once you first step into that, because yeah, it's financial, but it's also an emotional investment as well. Then that feeling we're like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this for me. And yeah. for a lot of people, majority of people in the world, that's some of the first times they're ever doing anything for themselves. Because, you know, us as humans for generations, we've been growing up for thousands of years to be able to contribute to a community. And we haven't really done much for ourselves over this journey of evolution. And mm. being able to actually finally step into that power of investing to yourself and doing something for yourself, especially if that's going to translate and serve other people, there's something in that that's so powerful. And it's kind of unexplainable what that feeling is like. Yeah, it it is really great. And that's why I think so many people get the biggest breakthroughs, that moment they choose to invest, that moment they put the deposit down. That's actually sometimes where the biggest change will start to occur for people. Yeah, definitely. And with that too, like, do you do much with affirmations and speaking out into the world or the universe? Because with myself, I'm very big on affirmations because I believe like our language is self-hypnosis. So we believe what we say. Uh, do you do any practice of that is similar to that? Yeah, I've actually started to make it more consistent recently as well. And actually looking myself in the eye, in the mirror and mm. saying like, you are powerful. And it's a, it like repeating these things every day. It's about creating a new belief system because yeah. when we think of energy and, and, you know, everything in our external reality is a reflection of our internal reality, it comes back to our belief system. So what do you believe to be true about yourself? Everything you've got right now 
is a reflection of your belief system. So we can rewire the, the brain and we can rewire those beliefs, but it takes consistency and dedication to do that. It mm. is a form of hypnosis, like you yeah. said. Yeah, definitely. And especially with shifting beliefs, because our beliefs have been stuck with us for a long time, but we haven't done any work to shift them or change them. And usually they are adopted from other people's beliefs and doing the affirmations is, is super powerful, but is there anything else you've implemented to help shift beliefs in your own life? For me, I, when, when I find that a shadow is playing out or the inner critic is coming out, for example, your inner critic will find evidence in your external reality to prove itself right. So let's just say, you know, you're thinking that um, I I always fail, you know, I, I'm not good enough or something like that. Your unconscious belief system will find all the evidence to prove itself right in your environment. Yeah. So often I give this task to my clients, if they have something like that playing out or the inner critic is coming up, go and find 50 pieces of evidence to prove the opposite right. So go and write a list of 50 things, for example, that show that you're actually good enough and that you're really, you know, you've achieved so many things. Maybe it's a list of all your accomplishments and things like that. By the end of the list, you're like, wow, okay, you're focusing on the positive and what mm -hmm. you focus on, you find. So unconsciously, you're going to continue to repeat those old patterns and those old thought processes until you start to rewire that and change that. Right. So yeah. finding the evidence to prove yourself positive, you know, like saying positive affirmations is great and it needs to have a really strong emotion attached to it for it to be extra powerful. Mm -hmm. It's like manifesting, speaking about gratitude, finding the things you're grateful for is great, but you need to attach the reason why as well yeah. so that you can invoke that positive feeling in you because the feeling is what raises your vibration. And when you're at a high vibration, that's when you're going to attract those more high vibrational things to you as well. And I love how you touched on bringing actionable steps into it as well, because like I could sit all day in the mirror and say, I'm strong and resilient, but if I don't do anything that's actionable to prove I'm strong and resilient, my mind's not going to believe it because funnily enough, our brain's smart. <laughs> so, yeah. Like it won't believe it unless we actually start action the things we say too. So it's really cool to be able to say into the mirror and then also add in the action of like, if I say I'm strong and resilient, go to the gym and prove that I'm strong and resilient. Even on the days where I may not feel strong and resilient, but still show up and do it. Totally. And I think it is about being quite specific with, with what that means to you, because mm. let's just say you want to be happy. Happiness looks different to everybody. What you think is happiness would be different to what I think is happiness. So a lot of the time when I speak to clients or potential clients, it's like, what do you want from life? So mm. many people don't actually know. They've never really sat down to think about it. And they might say, oh, I want to be happy. You know, everyone wants happiness, right? But it's like, well, what makes you happy? What does happiness look like for you specifically? What does that mm. look, sound and feel like? And actually getting really specific, like for you, saying that I'm strong and resilient, that might mean mentally strong and resilient, but to somebody else, it might mean physically strong and resilient. So yeah. what is actually a specific action you can take to prove to yourself that you are strong and resilient? So I really mm. love that. I think that's a cool thing for people to do after this podcast is to identify what happiness looks like to them. And also mm. I think another big one is success because people um, identify success to one thing, but success to one person isn't success to everyone. So everyone mm. listening, I am. Um, 
or ashes to identify what happiness and success means to you because I feel like you'll start getting yourself in the right right direction in life yeah yeah it's so true and I think let go of what you have been told that looks like because Mm. you know for me I'd been told that success was having a full-time job and that you know a lot of people work hard for their money and then think that they're just living for their next holiday and I was the same for so many years but a lot of my healing process and journey has been unlearning all the things that aren't mine and these old programs and things that we get from family friends society teachers Mm. if that doesn't feel right for you or if you just feel like you're regurgitating what your parents have told you go deeper and actually feel like what actually makes you happy and what would actually make you feel successful. For me, it's actually having the ability to create my own days and not having a nine to five schedule and being able to work from different places. And for me, I don't feel like I'm living for a holiday now because I feel like I'm very rested and get to have fun and adventure in so many other ways. So just look outside the box of what you think success or happiness has looked like in the past and create your own version of it. Yeah, that's so true. Because especially with the beliefs that attach to what success and happiness is, like even with myself, if I have a like a deep belief on something, I always try and when I become aware of it, I attempt to break it down and see where that belief even came from, whether it is something that I truly believe in or something that someone else's belief convinced me to believe it. And it's like, cool, why am I actually so strongly believed on this certain topic or situation or event? And that's really good because then I don't start taking stands on things that don't truly align with me, but then it always keeps me on my path of where I want to go in life. Mm, Yeah. I think another important part as well is like we can always think about so many things and like the mind is so strong, but the mind can also not always give us the right answers so I take a mind body and soul approach to all of the things I teach and all the work that I do because you can't think your way out of a problem that got you there and also actually connecting in with your body because your body generally will give you the right answer so you might think something is right but in your body it's telling you no or you feel anxious about it or Mm. you feel something's off actually trusting that over the mind sometimes can be more powerful and going like, okay, my mind is telling me I want to do this thing, but what is my body telling me? Is it a yes? Is it a full body? Yes. Or yeah. is there a part of me that has resistance? If people and then was... oh, sorry. trusting your intuition is that soul part as well of going, you can have these three areas that just give you this perfect confirmation of what you can and what you should and shouldn't do or what you do and don't want to do. Yeah. Like if people, that's so cool. Like if people have, those four to they can't get out their head how can they connect with their body to get the soul body and mind connected breath work (laughs) (laughs) that would be my first go-to just because like we've been saying it is so simple and easy and you know these conscious breaths will actually bypass the analytical mind and get you out of your head and into your body and it's that heart coherence that you want to connect to Mm -hmm. um because yeah Mm -hmm. the mind is isn't always telling you the truth so meditation is also really great and it's something that I'm quite consistent with and I found that that's when my intuition can really start to speak to me and Mm -hmm. also for people who find oh I can't meditate my mind's too busy and all of those things incorporate breath work first Mm -hmm. because you're actually slowing the brainwave state down 
by doing breath work before meditating, you're already in a meditative state. So you're actually able just to drop in so much quicker and easier um, and know that it takes a bit of practice and consistency like anything, but the more that you do it. So we've, when we look at quantum physics and we look at, you know, um, connecting with ourselves on an energetic level, it's really six to eight weeks of you doing something consistently, say manifesting, you need to do it for all that amount of time before things start to shift in your external reality. So start to shift it in your internal reality by consistent consistency and then it will start to actually show up for you but it needs you need about six to eight weeks before it actually does that that's it it's just not giving up too early because i relate and i feel like a lot of people will too with the meditation that they can't meditate they can't get the thought to stop i was one of those people until i incorporated breath work and then now three years later i can drop the meditation like that like three years ago, it would take me like an hour of just sitting there frustrated, pissed off. Like I can't do this. End up getting annoyed. Yeah. Then now practicing it for so long, like I can just drop into it like that. But like you said, it comes with the consistency, not giving up and just being patient with yourself along that journey. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you have a really strong reason why you're doing anything, that can often be your motivator. I think if you're sitting there like, oh, I know I need to meditate, but you're not actually sure why you're doing it or you don't have a strong intention behind it then mm. you're not likely to follow through with it consistently so really creating those big drivers and setting your intention for why you want to do this consistently and what is that what are the benefits specifically that it's going to bring to you in those days or those moments where you're like oh I don't want to do this I can't be bothered it's too hard when you have that really strong why, that can be your driving force and that thing to come back to, to go, okay, no, I know when I do this, I'm actually going to feel this and I'm going to be one step closer to achieving this goal that I've set for myself. Mm, that's so that's so powerful. Understand your why. And I feel like that can relate to so many areas of your Everything. life. Like the things that you're doing in your life, you need to understand the why behind it. Because a lot of people in the world can be disciplined and motivated to things that they don't even understand why they're disciplined and motivated to. And it's like, understand your why behind things. If you understand your why, you probably won't even need much discipline or motivation in the way. You'll need it from time to time, but it won't be the driving factor behind it because the why will be. Yeah, yeah. And just know that it's always like that first week or two that feels the hardest to get the momentum going with any new habit or routine you know, really sticking to it and holding yourself accountable in any way you can has really helped me like having an accountability buddy or a group container where you can check in every day and say, I have done the thing that I said I was going to do. Because yeah. sometimes if we don't have that external, um, you know, thing to lean on, we're only letting ourselves down when we don't achieve what we want to achieve. And a lot of the time we're kind of like, oh, well, I'm just letting myself down. It doesn't matter. But as soon as you voice your goal or intention and you have someone holding you accountable, you're so much more likely to actually achieve it. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's why it's good getting mentors or coaches or someone that can help you through that journey. Definitely. Yeah. I, and, uh, I I'll ever live without them now myself as well, because I just know the power of it. Yeah. And talking about mentors, I know you do mentoring as well. How can people connect with you and what type of work can they do with you as well? Yeah, so I am a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, emotional change technique, but I also um, am a breathwork facilitator and incorporate, you know, my intuitive abilities into all the work that I do. So I really, um, you know, tailor everything that I do to what the specific person needs. 
Um, but I really love to just help people with growth, whether that's personal growth, professional growth, um, even just one area of life that you may need some assistance with. Growth's a pretty broad term, um, but realistically, my big mission is to help create a more conscious world for the future generations. And what that means is letting go of those limiting beliefs and those fears and those doubts or those programs that we've been handed by parents or society. A lot of it is unlearning the things that actually aren't serving us so that we can actually step into the real authentic version of who we are and yeah. actually living out your soul's purpose. So not living out the the reality or the dream that you've been told that you need to, but actually following your heart and going, no, I actually really love doing this and I'm going to let go of the excuses that I've put in place as to why I can't achieve it and actually know that you can achieve anything that you want yeah. with the right support and guidance to let go of those fears and limitations. You can actually really step into the best version of yourself. And that's the powerful thing about our experience in this world is that we can actually manifest anything like it takes a bit of time, takes a bit of work, but we can actually achieve anything we really want, especially if it aligns to our soul purpose. Definitely, yeah. And I think when you tap into that soul aspect, knowing the universe has your back, like mm. you're not doing this alone, the whatever power it is that you may believe in or energy or source or whatever, God, whatever you want to call it is great. When you tap into that, energy you are unstoppable and you can manifest and create anything that you want to and yeah it's really just about releasing any of the blockages there that are holding you back i feel like that's a um, perfect mic drop for an end of an episode <laughs> that was powerful oh, i love that <laughs> and, also, <laughs> mic drop. and also for the listeners i'm a big advocate for what joe does and the work she does i've personally experienced um a breath work session as well on the beach that joe's facilitated and if you truly align with what Joe's been speaking about today, I highly recommend reaching out to her because the work she's doing is awesome. And I'm very appreciative of you coming on the podcast today as well. Thanks so much, Ryan. It's been a great conversation. And I'll also link in everything for yourself, the work you do, how to find you. Everything will be in the bio. So check out the bio. All the links will be there. But thank you everyone for listening in and we'll catch you next time. Amazing. Bye.